0: Hello and uh welcome to our podcast, Life and Law, hosted by ACOM Recruitment in connection with the Swansea JLD. I'm Michael Lives, Legal Recruitment Specialist, and with us today we have Sean Turvey, former head of residential property at Robertson Solicitors, turned turned university lecturer at the University of Wales Trinity St David. And thank you for joining me. How are you?
1: Yeah, I'm well thanks. Good.
0: How are you? Yeah, very well, thanks. Thanks for asking. Um I wanted to ask firstly uh, a little bit about your journey and the early stages of your career. So how did you kind of head into advancing? How did that happen?
1: Well, it's it was a long time ago, <laughs> but uh, I attended Swansea University, did my undergrad uh, degree in history, and I was faced with that sort of crossroads, I suppose, of where my, my future was going to to go. I'd always been really interested in law, but... Uh, really, I think because at you know in sixth form, law wasn't really an option to study, so history was always my passion. My father's an historian, you know decided to go down that path, and but law was always you know in in the background, it was always something that I was really interested in and I graduated, I was working in uh, an estate agency called John Francis Estate Agents in Llanelli at the time, uh, part-time. I'd started doing my MA in History as well, and I saw an advert in the Evening Post newspaper. That's how long ago it was, it wasn't even online, it was in a newspaper in the job section. And I saw that John Collins and Partners or JCP Solicitors were advertising for paralegals, and it said, you know, you didn't have to have um, a law degree; you had to be a graduate. So I applied, had the uh, the interview. They called me the next day, and that's where it all started. Really, back in two thousand and four, it all started with that advert in the Evening Post while I was wow. sitting the estate agency doing another job (laughs) so it was always something that um, I'd been interested in but that opportunity presented itself and I gave it a go and gosh 17 years later I am still in law
0: (laughs) in your experience do those kind of opportunities come up these days for individuals who maybe don't have the formal qualifications and they're looking to go into the law
1: You know, I think that the opportunities are there, absolutely. Uh, Legal recruiters definitely help. Uh, It's it's one of those things that, um, for me, you know, being head of of the property department, it was more people who are, you know, prepared to learn, who have those skills. Experience is great, absolutely. A law degree is not the be-all and end-all. I think who has got that ability to communicate with the with the public organizational skills there's so many skills you know that, that can be harnessed really in the legal sector you don't have to have uh the traditional sort of llb route to get into law absolutely i mean training contracts are highly highly competitive and you know the way that that i use, Uh, got into law was to study via ILEX as it was back then, or SILEX as it is now, the Chartered Institute of Legal Executives. Uh, And that's how I qualified, was by working. And I think people need to be informed of the various methods that you can actually join the the legal sector it doesn't have to be that traditional route so yes there's there's lots of opportunities out there absolutely you just need to to look for them
0: excellent and um when you were head of head of department did you take on individuals who didn't have that experience or background at all yeah
1: yeah absolutely i think um what I was looking for, particularly, were people who had that drive and determination to learn, and you can work your way up. I mean, I did it, absolutely. I went into to JCP with no legal background whatsoever, you know, a history degree. Yes, I'd worked in a state agency as a negotiator part-time, but, um you know, it wasn't... It wasn't a sense that I felt disadvantaged because I didn't have a law degree. So there are so many opportunities out there and, and particularly at the moment the, the firm that I consult with um, John W. Davis, solicitors in Chepstow, they have set up a training academy which is designed for people who want to go into to law to train specifically in the property sector. Uh, they don't have to be graduates it's you know it could be um, any walk of life any background it's just making the law more accessible to people so absolutely it's not uh, it's not a case that you have to have um, a law degree or any degree really there's lots yeah.
0: of there. mm-hmm. and um, just going back to kind of your um Back when you're a junior and progressing in the law, so I can see after a few years of being a legal assistant, you tra- you transitioned into that team leader. How did that come about, and what were the changes in your responsibility?
1: It's really interesting because it was at the stage where uh, the the credit crunch was about to happen, and you know we had that property boom for a few years where we were incredibly busy. And I, first of all, I did remortgages. I was on the um the panel they're doing remortgages for um a major UK lender and it just it became there was an opportunity for me to become a supervisor of that team i think it was just that i am so determined to you know to learn and constantly Learning. It's one of my, my passions. My husband always tells me when you're going to stop, you know, because I I just want to know things and how they work. And yes, I, I did progress really quickly. And I think that was down to the, the firm particularly because, you know, they were a great firm to work for and they really did harness people's talents and the training, um, you know, that they provided was excellent. And that opportunity presented itself. I, got the job and then eventually I progressed to the conveyancing team and um, dealing with a huge volume of of cases firstly assisting um, a Fiona, and then eventually having my own my own caseload so the responsibility side of it it had gone from largely me relying I suppose on you know senior members of staff to actually transitioning to become more senior and taking that responsibility i mean i wasn't qualified at the time so the files had to be signed off by a qualified lawyer but it was that sense of ownership that i had over those cases and the care and attention for the clients um and that really did help to to spur me on and to you know to strive to do more and to do better really okay
0: and um obviously a you you went on to um, become head, head of property, so what would a kind of average day look like for a head of residential property?
1: Busy, <laughs> very, <laughs> very busy. Uh, we dealt with a number um, of clients, a, a cross-section national house builders, you know, your your standard sales purchases, remortgages, transfers of equity, dealing with new leases um site development so where we act for national house builders and sell the the plots so for me it was a case of drafting complex legal documents by having a really supportive team around me to be able to administer the day-to-day uh running of things i suppose you know like the answering of the telephones and the paperwork the scan in the copy and all the things that go on in the background that you know make us as fear and as you know Leaders, I suppose, in the department to be able to to do the job effectively uh I mean my role is to to lead the team to what I would do is talk you know we would go out business development marketing, trying to get clients on board uh to the point that we had so many clients it was um extremely busy uh If you asked me what my average caseload was, I wouldn't be able to tell you. It was a significant amount. But thankfully, I had an extremely supportive team around me, Um, particularly uh, one legal assistant who definitely shone, and it was um, Molly Elliman. Molly and I set up the specialist property department together. And without the support of that team... I definitely wouldn't have been able to do my job effectively
0: okay excellent and um so in terms of um kind of how how much of your role was kind of management and, and assisting the juniors in your team versus kind of work in your own files
1: I think it, it's a I have to look at that in a there's like two parts to it. So there's the pre COVID time and then there's the post COVID yeah. COVID. It would be mainly, um, management, developing the staff, helping them through, you know, the, the whole point was to, to get them to a position where they felt comfortable in what they were doing. It was never a case that I wanted people to be in their own foxes you know this is what you're going to do and this is what you're going to do for the rest of your career you know absolutely not i wanted people to have um, a breadth of knowledge and experience across the entire transaction so that they felt confident in their development and for them not to get bored you know if you're doing the same thing day in day out it becomes extremely repetitive and to have something to strive for was extremely important because it, it it helped for me to have that goal in mind. And I felt that if the team had, you know, steps towards progression, then it would help to, to motivate and, and drive them on. So initially it was management looking after the complex cases. Dealing with um, you know the fee earning side of it, checking how much money we were making. Obviously, being a business, of course, we're there to help clients, but we have that commercial awareness always in the backs of our minds, and you know, trying to make as much money as possible whilst not compromising on client care, obviously. Um, but COVID changed everything, and everybody thought that the property market was going to completely slump and it was going to go nowhere. And it was the complete opposite. It just, it's blown up. It's been extremely busy, extremely challenging. So my role changed to being more hands-on in my caseload. I mean, I was always hands-on, but to the point that after COVID, um I had to take on... I would say that my role was more fee earning, dealing with my my cases, more than managing a department. You can't do the two. Absolutely not. They're two separate roles, really.
0: Okay. And I I wanted to touch upon um, something you said before regarding business development. Um, Just Mm -hmm. how important is it to develop that kind of skill set and how do you go about developing that skill set?
1: It's extremely important. I mean, normally firms have a specific business development team, you know, with a marketing team, but people like to refer work to people. And I think going out there, meeting people, telling them a little bit about you, what you're all about, what your work ethic is really does help in building those and cementing those relationships that you have with, you know, referers, introducers, estate agents, you know, developers, whoever the, you know, the introducers are, I think it's extremely important. You have to be personable. Thankfully I can I can talk a lot as you can probably tell. So when I would go out and, and meet people, really there's just there's no um ceremony around it. You know, you just go out and you talk to people. You just have a chat and find out what they're all about and if they've got preferred solicitors that they use. You don't want to disrupt that relationship. It's just a case of, well, there's always two sides to every in transaction. Give us a try. If it works out, this is what we've got to offer. Give it a go. What have you got to lose, really? Um, and before you know it, it's such a small community Word gets around. People tend to to know who you are and... It just takes off from there, thankfully, it, you know we were extremely successful, extremely busy uh to the point that work was definitely not nine to five. Put it that way
0: <laughs> It's good to hear so so um obviously working as a head of residential property. I can see you also had some academic responsibility on the sides, and um, so what mm-hmm. kind of made you made you do that, and how did you juggle those kind of two? things
1: i think because being a head of a department or a team leader i was always responsible for training and development of the staff and being a firm advocate of silex i became a treasurer of the silex west wales branch and at one of the events i met bronwyn williams who's the academic director at the University of Wales, uh, Trinity St. David, where I now work full-time. And we just got talking and, you know, she said to me, I'm looking for somebody with property expertise, you know, to deliver on some of the Silex modules at the university. Are you interested? And I thought, well, I don't have a teaching qualification. And she said, well, that's not a problem because of my expertise and, you know, my experience and that's how it happened. It was just one of those things that just, again, you know, I suppose my ability to, you know, to get involved in things and to talk and to get to know people. So I started off part-time sort of hourly paid lecturers, as they were called, you know, we do, um, I would do a couple of classes a week in the evenings after work. And I just loved it really really enjoyed and to see people's enthusiasm you know about law about the legal sector wanting to get into law and i think it was important for them to realize that there are so many other different ways that you can actually access um the law it's open to everybody it's not that traditional elitist kind of route that people excuse me tend to think about now um it is accessible from all people all walks of life and It was always something, you know, academia, education is something I'm extremely passionate about. And I just really, really enjoy doing it. It was difficult to juggle everything, but I don't know. I think if you enjoy something, you don't find it that much of a chore, do you? You know, you enjoy doing it. You you put your all into it. And it was nice to have something different. Having been in property for such a long time, sometimes it can get a little bit, I suppose, repetitive and it's nice to have some other focus, something else to, to look at. And, and to be honest, the skills that I'd acquired from lecturing part time helped me develop the staff and develop the team because I actually taught, um, some of my, uh, colleagues you know some of the staff actually when they were deciding to to embark on the silex qualification at the time and then i became a property uh lecturer on the undergrad llb uh program as well at the university of wales and it just went from there really and here we are sort of five years later um i'm no longer in full-time practice as i say i do consult with jwd but yes, I work at the university full time and I'm absolutely loving it. So I'm the programme manager now for the law portfolio. Um, and touch wood, it's all going really well.
0: Good to hear <laughs> it. Um, I'm going to ask you a fairly broad question now um, that you can take however you want. Um, OK. Um, what what um, mistakes do you see students make generally?
1: Oh, gosh, that's a tough one. Um, i think okay when you go into law you have this and i know i did um i had this idealized notion of what it was going to be like it's going to be like it was on the tv for me back in the 90s it was ali McBeal. i thought that law was going to be like ali McBeal, and probably most of your listeners are young and don't even know who that is but um it was I had this notion, I'm going to be like her, I'm going to be a top-line criminal, maybe, or um, or not a criminal, a criminal lawyer, uh, or a litigator or something, you know, being in court. I've done something the complete opposite. I haven't spent a day in court, if arguing a case. Um, so I think the main thing is have realistic expectations of what the law is actually like there's a lot of reading a lot of preparation a lot of research if you are somebody who is passionate about learning and about having ideas and thinking about how to improve things you go into the law for the right reasons um what I have seen is a tendency that people tend to think that, you know, I want to be a lawyer because they earn loads of money. That is not <laughs> always the case, especially when you're starting off. It takes a long time to build up your, uh, your experience, your expertise. So go into it with an open mind because the area of law that you think you're most passionate about it can change, you know. Everybody thinks of oh, criminal law. I want to do criminal law. Mm-hmm. I was the same. I loved studying criminal law, yeah. but the reality is, it's it's not a big money maker. Unfortunately, with the cuts to legal aid, and people tend to, you know, to fall into other areas. But you find by studying all these different modules, particularly, you know, we offer a wide range of modules. People will find that there are other avenues available that may well pique your interest more than what you think you were interested in, if that makes sense. So, yeah, absolutely. Go in with it with an open mind and don't always think that, you know, you're going to go into, you know, being a top criminal lawyer earning hundreds of thousands of pounds every year be realistic. everyone has to start somewhere and your law degree is a starting point it opens the you know the gates really it is not the at the end it is it's the beginning to your career
0: okay excellent um and i I'll, I'll ask you one more question before I let you go um okay i I know you've worked you've worked at, um like a few law firms in your career. Um, so yeah. say you're speaking to someone who's a graduate and they're looking to choose their first first law firm in their career what, what advice would you give someone choosing that firm?
1: Do your research absolutely you know the websites look at speak to recruiters as well that really helps just to get a feel of what that that firm is is all about what's their ethic what's their um you know their core sort of value really uh I think that well being, mental health, you know are so important, and you need a firm that is going to be supportive when you're on your legal journey it's It's hard, it's tough, it's going to be competitive, but it can also be an environment that is inclusive that promotes people from within so i guess my best advice would be to you know to do your research talk to people look at firms you know that have been around um for a long time but also look at new firms you know that are are coming along because they may well offer something more modern forward thinking Instead of your, your standard sort of sole practitioner high street firm, for example, nothing wrong with that at all. Um, it's just, it, it depends on what you want, what your ideal fit is. You've got your corporate firms, you know, the, the huge firms that, that really, um, have all the benefits that go with it, but also all of the burdens that go with it as well. So have an open mind. That That's what I would would advise and do your research and don't always, yes, it's competitive out there. But sometimes, even if a firm is not offering you a training contract, there are so many different avenues. You can just go in and start working as a paralegal, perhaps, or, you know, as a legal assistant or an admin assistant. We all have to start somewhere. So don't be too proud and think, well, I've got a law degree. I should be I shouldn't be an admin assistant the best admin assistants that i've ever worked with have gone on to be excellent solicitors excellent legal executives licensed conveyancers so you have to start at the beginning and have a realistic expectation of um of what your career is going to be like and you know before you know it you'll have built up a you know a few years experience and have that confidence as well because You'll be surprised when you go into work in a law firm. The practice is very, very different to the theory that you may well have learned at, at university.
0: Thanks again to Sean for coming on the podcast. I, I think it's really important to hear from people who can give a myriad of experiences we, as we've just heard. And it's good to hear from someone who's in the thick of it, teaching GLLB and someone who's overseen plenty of juniors in their career. We'll, we'll be back soon with more content. Thank you for listening. Take care everyone and stay safe.